So I'd always wanted to go out west hunting because I wanted to see some different country and hunt different animals besides just black bear and whitetails. So just talking with a few buddies of mine that I had, uh, they had one out every year and uh, I got hooked up with them. So I got all my gear and everything ready and we headed out to Colorado. Uh, so now you've been to Colorado just west of there before one time with another buddy. Who is that with? Yeah, with you. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I took <laughs> you hunting one other time. And how'd that hunt go for you? There was animals all over. <laughs> <laughs> and as I remember it, as I remember it, your 300 Weatherby mags scored. Is that right? Yes, it did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On my second opportunity. <laughs> Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Get ready to hunt the world and let's get started. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. We have a menagerie of individuals here today. Bleep to my left as always. So it's good to have you, Bleep. Good to be on the air yeah. with you today. Yeah, yeah I want to here. see how you describe this. It's going to be a to... fun podcast. <laughs> yeah. We have Brandon yep. Neal, okay, the great Brandon Neal. Brandon, it's good to have you on the podcast today. Great to share a mic with you. We can't share his nickname on the air. Oh, come on. <laughs> I haven't made one Bleep? up yet. Oh, that's fine. No, oh, no Brandon. <laughs> Tiny. Say hello, Brandon. Storm and Mormon. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm here, guys. Sorry about that. I was I was muted here. I'm here. I'm in sunny St. George. It's not so sunny right now, but uh, yeah, good good to uh, be here with you guys. Yeah, we're supposed to get snow. Yeah, it doesn't show up on anything, but they're saying ten inches. I it's I, but, it's bizarre, really weird. But it doesn't I mean, show up totally on the weather weird. channel anywhere, and I'm looking for it, and I'm like, I'm yeah. just going hunting. Like, I'm, where's I'm this coming from? This. Exactly. And then we got the great Brad Dana, as always, hashtag 393, which, by the way, just so everybody knows, um, uh, then and for all of you that listen, Brad has been married to Susie for a long time, and they have a great family, and she's a beautiful lady. Um, but Brad um, had a little resistance and having his what? Resistance. Resistance, oh, okay. resistance. So when it'd be clear on um, that, <laughs> uh, on getting his sheep, his full-bodied sheep, into the basement. Well, it's not getting better. <laughs> and no, and he's got hashtag three ninety three out here, and so he's got a pink tutu on, and he doesn't want to just man oh, up and take it in his on. basement because we're out of space. So okay. no, no, it's okay. Listen, listen. So, so Susie, I can appreciate that. She doesn't want him in her basement. But I thought it was Brad's basement, but he doesn't really wear his own pants at his house. He just gets to be there. So at the end of the day, 393 is coming to my cabin tomorrow. It's getting delivered. Oh, yeah? And uh, hashtag 205 got to my cabin today. Oh. Um, oh. And it's in there and looking good. The Brotherhood of the Traveling so, Elk. So, yes, the elk and the, the largest mule deer and the largest elk in the state of South Dakota are both going to be in my cabin. With the tutu on? Oh, uh, no, I don't. I don't have any requirements my wife doesn't <laughs> my wife doesn't carry my uh genitals in her purse i just um, i so, wanted to just um, remove that visual from everybody's mind just, right now just strike so, that from anyway, the record so let's just go back well, to it's I'll, good to have I'll you, see you guys next three. tuesday guys <laughs> he's out i'm gonna leave i'm i'm, I'm checking <laughs> out now we're, we're two I, okay. and a half minutes I'm, in and he's I'm, out already. i'm definitely late 
for my self-help class. So that I'm going to have to carry you over Again? from the last Another podcast one? for crying in a bucket. <laughs> oh, I'm just oh. having fun with you, Brad. Oh, um, golly. Hey, can you let wow. Susie know I really appreciate <laughs> Oh, she will. <laughs> I, I, tell Susie I really appreciate the fact that I get 393 in my in my cabinet. I really <laughs> So we're anyway. we're gonna actually bring yeah. my leaving? old grizzly. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this. I've had enough. <laughs> Just took his headphones off. <laughs> Brad's out. He's off the set. Where's Brad? We'll get a t-shirt made. Where's Brad? <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, there's I, there's a skin. Oh my gosh! And then we have, the, the, and then to my other right we have Brad Stocky here today from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, who. Um, I've been in business with for 23 years this co- – 23, right? Yep. This next spring. Yep. 23 years. So 22 right now, but it'll be 23 years this next spring. Um, we worked together hand-in-hand uh, um, hand and built brokerages all over the Midwest in a different industry. So it's good to have you here. Avid Hunter. Good to be here. We won't tell them about the first hunting issue I had to deal <laughs> with with you. Um, we'll save that for another podcast and another day. But uh, um, anyway, it's great having you here. What, what were you going to name this podcast? Do you want to go on a hunt or do you want to go on a backtracking, backpacking trip and carry a rifle? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was a like bowl. A- I had a bowl. <laughs> All right. Okay, carry a bowl. Okay, a backpack trip and carry a bowl. <laughs> so how was it, Brad? Uh, we didn't see much for uh, wildlife, uh, but we got a lot of exercise in. And uh, – Sat around the camp quite a bit, saw a lot of hunters, <laughs> and uh, not much for elk. All right, that's the podcast. So <laughs> It's funny because in 1995, I was just done with dental school, and Scott Palmer and I, uh, we'd applied all over. And New Mexico at the time was late, I think the application, you know, similar to this, it's April. Didn't draw South Dakota for elk, didn't draw Wyoming, didn't draw Montana. We didn't draw whatever we applied for in Colorado. And New Mexico was coming up, and I really wanted to hunt elk. And Scott and I, so I found a place in New Mexico that was undersubscribed. So in 1995, they still, it was different there, the way they drew the tags. Everybody applied, non-residents and residents applied together. And so that's obviously different now. But it was actually, there was 20 tags, and it was undersubscribed. So I called the game warden in, in that area, and I said, hey, I see they give out more tags than people apply. Is this just a horrible, horrible place? I said, because what I don't want to do is I don't want to go on a backpacking trip and just carry my <laughs> rifle for five days. This is a five-day season. So, right. Yeah, that's how I came up with that. That was a while ago. And, and he said it was a good unit, but it was really hard. So did you kill an animal? I, I did. Did Scott Palmer? Uh, no, but he got a shot. He did. He did. That's interesting. Yep. So, so, Brad. Uh, Stocky. So, gosh, this is Brian, <laughs> Leslie, Brian, Mayman, Brad, Stocky, Brad, Dana, and Brandon, Neal. Wow, there's a lot of brr, brr, brr going on. Okay, so so tell us real quick because we do. I I think our audience would love to hear this. A lot of our listeners are back east, and they are eastern hunters that are western hunters that come west. You grew up in Wisconsin. Yep, correct. Um, elaborate on how you grew up, what was hunting a part of your life. Tell, tell us that first of all. Yep. So I grew up, uh, probably started hunting when I was probably nine or 10. Um, we did a lot of bird hunting, a lot of big game hunting, bear, coyotes, bobcat, whitetails. Uh, we, we'd trap 
uh, muskrats, coon. We were out in the wild all the time, and uh, there was plenty of wildlife um, in Wisconsin, and I did a lot of hunting with my dad and my grandpa for a lot of years. And when you say big game, bear and deer. Bear and deer, yep. So by the time you were 21 years old, you'd killed a lot of bear and a lot of deer. Yeah, I'd killed two bear and, I don't know, probably 25 bucks, I suppose. You know, one with a bow, one with a gun. Every, every year. year for five, six years. Oh, yeah, since I was like 12. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so no joke, you, you knew how to throw up a gun, find your animal, and get it done. Yep. So I have a question. You, you, have a, you had a rifle tag in Wisconsin? Yep. So, so you can just could, buy them over the – You can buy them over the counter where you live? Yep. And you can use a real grown-up rifle there, or is that one of the? Well, this Wisconsin—they don't have fields like you do in Iowa. Yeah, oh, it's not all. We shoot a hundred yards if. Yeah, it was a hundred yards was a long, a long shot. This is yeah, for most of the time. You could use a 30-30, out six. Everybody uses a thirty out six. Oh, everybody uses thirty out six for the most part. Okay, all right. I'm Back just, then, I'm yep. just setting. I'm just setting the scene for my mind here. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Yep. So yeah, we just used old pumps the majority of the time. Um, pump 30 out sixes, pump 30 out sixes, 7600. Yep. I had one. Yep. Everybody yeah, trying I to use the same too. gun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the territory is a lot, you, you can't see as far cause there's a lot of mile patches, you know, but half of it's egg fields and half of it's woods. And it, you got a cool Schwamigan National Forest name or something like yep, that? Yep, in northern Wisconsin we do. Yep. Is that, the, is that, is that where it's at? Yeah, he always gives me sh- – because I used to hunt the Schwamigan National Forest being where I lived up there yep. before I met you, and that's why he said in northern Wisconsin. I'm just trying to set so, the table so. for the listeners. I wasn't giving you there, any there, there are There are Bigfoot up there, so it does make sense <laughs> you were in that area. Good point. Right. That was me. Where the hell do you think Sasquatch came from, brother? Okay. I know. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. We'd run bear and coyotes up north because growing up, we didn't have bear and coyotes down where I live, but now we have them all over the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, there's bear everywhere now, huh? Yeah. yeah. That's when, when Madison makes the hunting policies north of Highway 8. Um, <laughs> it's really tough. So yeah. do you have uh, – are there a bunch of wolves by you now? Uh, not exactly where I hunt, but they're mm-hmm. in the area. But then you go north, maybe 50, 60 miles, and they're all over. I So they're a year or two away from you. Yeah. So two years ago when wolf hunting opened, I went for a couple of days, and mm-hmm. there was wolves you all guys, over. You guys could send some of those extras down to Colorado because they're, they're going <laughs> to oh, import them next year, don't right? Don't get started. Are they really? Yeah, they're yeah. looking forward to it, stupid idiots. They can have them all. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they spend a million bucks on transplanting Elk. a Wapiti or Wapiti, depending on how you want to say it, back into the Schwamigan National Forest. They planted them, and then they put wolves right on the heels from them, and then they wonder why their elk population is not thriving. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to be a biologist, I guess. So, <laughs> anyway. so how did you hunt bears? We ran them with dogs. You did? Yep. So my grandpa ran hounds for probably thirty five years. What kind of what kind of hounds? Uh he had mainly black and tans and walkers. Yep. So we coyote hunted in the winter and then the and then we could train dogs where we lived, but then we had to go up north for a kill season. Is there a mountain yeah. lion up there? We there, there's a few when growing up there was no mountain lions. No. They had to that we had to export those from the Black Hills to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. there, there's yep. a few now. There is a few now. And we the, get them in the Outdoor Journal. And yeah. the reality is is that there was probably always some wolves in the northern tip of Wisconsin because they would come down through the UP 
and uh, um, and Manitoba there. You're about I think we were talking about mountain lions. Mountain lions oh, I understand. Oh. But I was saying that the wolves – I was t- yeah right. I know you're talking about mountain lions. There was always wolves there too, but they re- we said they replanted them. But there's probably always been lions in the area, maybe one or two, because it's big, big country. Yeah, yep. big country up north, especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. you can walk for miles without a road. Or yeah, so 20, 30 miles. So like yeah. you walk for miles. They didn't have GPSs back there. Nope. It's super easy to get lost in that crap, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yes and no topographical maps what you do is you go from swamp to swamp and you try to find the open ones because if you got confused on the topo on what swamp you were in you just started heading north until you hit the big one and then you went oh you relocated yourself on the map because i'd done it many times on snowshoes that's yeah because because um, it's all the same it's because all a mono, it's pretty flat i mean there's a pretty easy to get forest. lost up there yeah, yeah it is so. easy to get there's lost. not big peaks or no. anything uh-huh. no not a lot there's there's pinch points between the um the swamps but it's it's a whole different deal up there yep. and so it's not like you've never hunted big country you've hunted big country since you've been a kid right yep and so then you wake up one day and say i'm gonna go out west yep so how'd that and- happen <laughs> So I'd always wanted to go out west hunting because I wanted to see some different country and hunt different animals besides just black bear and whitetails. So just talking with a few buddies of mine that I had, uh, they had went out every year, and uh, I got hooked up with them. So I got all my gear and everything ready, and we headed out to Colorado. And we were out there uh, for a week, about six weeks ago, and uh, rolled in kind of over by steamboat, went up to about 11,000, 12,000 feet and just uh camped out just to bailey in the middle of a great big forest take a different way um so you were up in uh, you said you were up in steamboat in the route yep yeah, yeah we we're in the route national forest mm-hmm. yeah which is huge oh it's massive area yep, yep. and uh so now you've been to colorado just west of there before one time with another buddy who is that with yeah with you yeah oh yeah so i took you <laughs> hunting one other time and how'd that hunt go for you? There was animals all over. <laughs> <laughs> and as I remember it, as I remember it, your 300 Weatherby mag scored. Is that right? Yes, it did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On my second opportunity. <laughs> so, so you went to Colorado. So you get all the gear. I remember you called and said, "Hey, Brian, what do I need?" Yep. So you, obviously you're a member, and we got you all set up. You got all your gear. You got everything, and you went out there. And you told me a couple things today that I thought our audience would love to listen or love to hear from you and your perspective. Um, and one, about the overall hunt experience and what it was. Two, about what you thought about the gear and what you really needed and didn't need by day three. And then three, um, what your conclusion was. Yeah, so uh, when I go hunting, I like to basically just carry whatever weapon it is, bow, or gun and i really don't like to have a lot of stuff in my backpack i don't like to haul around a lot of stuff in my backpack we were up in the route national forest so we were about six miles off the blacktop road and going up into the public hunting land there was basically trucks and hunters at every (laughs) campsite all the way up and the elk were not bugling we were hunting after about three weeks into the season so i'm sure they've been getting hunted pretty hard and we woke up the first day and nothing was bugling. Um, we went and explored as much as we could. We went for like a three, four mile walk just to kind of see the country, where everything was at, see what we could see. We did find elk sign, but uh, even at night when we got back to camp, we thought, okay, 
once it gets dark, it cools off. They'll they'll hopefully start bugling. Nothing bugled at night. Uh, the next morning, nothing bugled. So after five days of doing this and nothing bugling, the guys that I'm with, they're like, we really don't have a chance unless they bugle because um, we can't find them. We don't know where they're at. We don't know how to call them in. We're out here with our bows. And this is your first time elk hunting? With my bow, yep. So I'd been out 10 years before that with a rifle. Um, he went where we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we right used to go, yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you went with you went with him on that hunt first, and then you tried to duplicate that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but this was the this is the full this is the hunt we just did that you, that we went up. He tried to do what we just did, archery elk yeah, during hunted, the rut. I've hunted the route uh, yeah. a few times. Yeah. Yep. So but you you'd never archery elk hunted before. No, none of the no, guys had. No, the guy one of the guys I was with had done it five times. Oh. Okay, five, in the same place? Nope, different. different Has he ever all killed Colorado. one? Colorado. He's Has he never ever killed, killed one? one, but he's he's had an opportunity every year, but he's never killed one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does he still do it? Yeah, he's going to do a few more, but he's getting older. Uh, so he probably isn't going to do it too many more times. He's got points going now for a couple of zones, so once he gets those, he'll do it, but then he'll probably be done. Mm-hmm. So, so that was the other thing. You know, I didn't have any points to go anywhere. Because right. I just started with Rolling Bones a couple of years ago, so I'm building up my points, getting everything moving there. Um, so I wanted to go for the experience. So the uh, the elk weren't bugling. You guys had the first day. Not you, you couldn't find them, or what happened after that? Yep. So we got out there on a Sunday, uh, did some scouting, and basically come Friday, five six days later, we had never heard an elk bugling. We we tried road bugling. We tried all kinds of different things and hiking three miles back in the middle of nowhere right yeah we we hiked all over um so four guys from wisconsin come out and it wasn't like uh primos the primos videos no (laughs) (laughs) 15 minutes into the hunt it it usually is i'm just saying i don't know what you guys did wrong but usually usually it's just like the primos videos man how many people think honestly that that is what gets sold isn't it oh i'm sure yeah yeah and a lot of first-time hunters they don't you know they have no idea yeah, because you weren't into. expecting what you got, were you? No, no. I mean, I knew the kill ratio was low just by reading it online. I knew our bull opportunities weren't going to be plentiful, but I, I thought we'd run into some elk. I thought we'd see some elk. <laughs> I took a, I took a guy this year elk hunting, and he's a really good hunter, and he knows the hills like crazy. I mean, he knows the hills amazingly well. The Black Hills, he's talking. Yeah, about. Right here, he had okay. he had this tag. And my buddy Dave and I took him, and he started laughing. And he goes, "Cause he's a whitetail hunter. I would, if you ask him, he's a whitetail hunter. He's killed a thousand whitetails, and he's 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 a great hunter. And he just started laughing. And he goes, "This is nothing like shooting, like hunting whitetails. <laughs> you know, we're we're beating on beating on trees, and you know, beating. We're grabbing great big clubs and beating on stuff and stomping around. And and he just looks at us and is like." Yeah, this is totally different. Yeah, because have you ever been on an easy on an easy elk hunt, Brad? Uh, well, the, the I, I was I, asking Brad Dana, but you can answer oh, it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have I, I? I have been on one easy elk hunt. One easy one out of how many? Um, I've had. I've. Oh, I don't know. I've done forty elk hunts, probably. 
Wow. Yeah. So one out of 40 was easy. Yeah. yeah. Now let's put this in perspective. He grew up in the Black Hills of South Dakota, six miles from the uh, Wyoming border. So he's hunted Wyoming, Montana, and Western South Dakota all his life. So somebody listening from this, from Pennsylvania, Illinois, Iowa, you know, you've never, Wisconsin, right? You've right. never, you, you, 40 elk hunts, been on an easy one. Now ours, you know, there are easy ones. Ranchers for we have ranchered for wildlife. That wasn't a hard elk hunt. I didn't think so. No. No, uh-uh. you've hunted a lot harder and gutted yourself in Wisconsin. Uh, physically a lot harder in Wisconsin chasing bears. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and you're not afraid of the wilderness. So what was your biggest surprise? Um, probably the biggest thing is just the lack of game. Game. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see any mule deer. We didn't. We didn't see anything. <laughs> when we were out hunting how was your hike the hike was good <laughs> <laughs> how you much know, go you ahead. remember what greg lessinger said you know remember it's about the adventure right yeah that's bullshit <laughs> um no i'm teasing i uh, do like that too no, but no. you, you want to you want to have an opportunity right. you want to so have an here's encounter the, the, of course, of course, right yes. the adventure is amazing but when you're going on an adventure to achieve said elk and you get there and there's no elk it's it's pretty demoralizing because what were, my question was what do you think you spent not including gear that you can take again but between gas tags hotels on the way there hotels on the way back um, uh, groceries what do you think you had into the travel there the travel back and your stay as far as meals and lodging and all that uh, so not including any gear or anything like that probably two grand because we we slept in a tent. We drove through the night, but it was an 18-hour drive. Um, it's it's a hunt I won't do again unless, like I was telling you before, I, I would go again, but it's got to be with a guide or it's got to be on private land. Right. It's got to be with somebody who knows where the elk are and get to them. Right. Because the other thing, too, is like I, I knew the mountains were big, but I've never hunt, hunted inside the mountains like that. You know, and you get back in three, four miles, and it's like, okay, what if we do get one? you know we we got mm-hmm. there's three of us here how are we going to get this thing out i mean this is going to take a couple of days to get this guy out of here too you know so that'd be nice to have a guide or someone with horses or someone that can help you get it out of there too and you but you guys were competent you could have quartered it and, oh absolutely and, and, uh, so, so some people are absolutely. you know like but here's the reality we I, I went the first year i ever went we killed a cow way back up in the in the flat top national wild uh um life area okay and when i say we killed a cow the only reason i put we involved in that is because i spent three days packing that sucker <laughs> to the truck with right. two of my buddies four of us went right one kept hunting and the other two helped the other guy and we drew straws of who got to keep hunting because the hunt's over then because yep. you don't have a guy you know your four guys right. aren't hunting anymore you know right. you got to get the elk out right Yep, then your trip's over. Right, we the poor were bastard that shot it ain't getting it out. Well, it's that trip I did on, on New Mexico, there was one campsite. This was a wildlife area. and and Because the, the game warden said, there's elk up there. But it's really a tough hunt. And he goes, you got to have horses. And I remember Scott and I were like, oh, we're – we're an unbelievable shape. We're gonna. Palmer's we're just like, gonna dude, climb up that. No I problem. ran thirty-seven miles yeah. this morning before five o'clock in the morning. It's no big deal. I get up there. So we did our scouting trip, and we got up there, and we realized, okay, we're six miles, and the hunting starts at the six-mile point. So we we found elk on our scouting trip over Labor Day. We hauled. You know, we had that, back then, and that was my first. You know, 
adventure with the giant pack where I was packing way back in there. Cause I think we were probably nine, 10 miles. And I was like, okay, I can't carry, we can't carry an elk nine, 10 miles. If one of us shoots one, we'll, we can't get it out by the time the season's over, you know? Right. That was our, so we went back the rest of our scouting trip after we located the elk and everything was finding horses to rent. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so I have a question. So this gentleman that's been out there five times, so he goes out there five times. He probably spends $2,000 a year out there and he's probably bought an extra $3,000 worth of equipment that he wouldn't need if he would have used a guide, but he has the equipment, but he won't use it when he quits going out there. So let's say over a five to six year period, he has, I'm just doing the math here real quick, $13,000 into this. Now, yes, to Bleep's point, there's an incredible amount of fun and the experience of going out there and getting your ass handed to you by the mountains and not having any game even around you. It's, it's an amazing embracing moment that you just spiritually need every year um, and can't live without. No. Anyway, I digress. Um, 13000 from your perspective, if he knew he could go kill a 350-inch bull for 7,500 and he could have done two trips like that now or being close to two trips by now and had two 350-inch bull, do you think he would be a better hunter by using an educated guide that could show him how to hunt, what to do, and where to go, and how to handle this thing? Oh, absolutely. And he probably would have rather have done that if he was, you know, more familiar with, with it, uh, with an outfitting crew or something like right, that. Right, with a resource yeah. getting through. Why do you think he hasn't? Why do you think most guys from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Missouri, why do you think they they don't um, just – why do you think there's so many of them out there go out there and try to figure it out on their own? Uh, one is they probably have hunted most of their life, so they figure they can go out and do it. And the other reason is – they probably don't want to put 7500 bucks in when they'll say, okay, I can buy a tag for 700 and spend 500 in gas, and yep. I'll do it for 1500 and try it. Do you think it could be a pride issue a little bit too? Like, hey, if I hire a guide, then I didn't really – I've talked to guys like that before. I, I, if I'm going to hire a guide, I might as well give the guide the deer or give the guide the elk. Do you think that might be might play into it a little bit? Um, I'm sure it does with some people. Uh you know, coming from my experience, my personal one, I, I wouldn't have felt that way, but uh, I'm sure some people do feel that way. Well, some yeah, of it, I, yeah, go ahead, Brandon. My, my, my personal ex, uh, uh, opinion on that is, you know, if, if you can save the upfront, I mean, a guide will help you condense your learning curve. And just because you have a guide with you doesn't mean, you know, they're, they're doing the whole hunt, but uh, you know, go guided, you know, go guided uh, towards the beginning of your hunting career and learn. And then if you still want to do a DIY and, and say you did it, that that's great too. But a lot of these uh, people out there that are having success on their hunts, a lot of them are, are, are guided or at least shown where to go. And, you know, I just think it's, uh, I mean, I've, I've learned so much going on guided hunts and help me that's helped me have a lot of success and i feel like i still was the one that was hunting and many times i'm the one that actually spots the game anyway so they just get me into the right area you know um and and uh actually anyway, there's nothing better than being a guided hunt and having your uh little clicker going on your phone 
and you look down and you go, I've spotted the last five animals and he hasn't <laughs> spotted one. And the guide's getting pissed off right now. And you can tell. Yeah. You just yeah, have this little game. Right? Yeah. I, I do it all the time. I'm like, okay, um, let's see. And then when the guide looks at you and says, son of a, you got good eyes. And you're like, yeah, hey, first day off the farm in Iowa. I got a little corn cob behind my ear, but we're going we're gonna to make this work. Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's yeah, you don't have to. What does Scott Palmer say? You don't have to check you your brain at the door. You don't have to check your brain at the door yeah, when you, you don't go on a guided hunt. You don't have to check your brain at the door when you go on a guided hunt. Because yeah. do, do you pay for service? Would you, you pay, pay? Would you pay I, for access? You pay for, you pay for access. As I would say, like, a, on elk hunts in particular, Elk is so much different than what a lot of people are used to hunting and what it takes. And the other thing is the knowledge and the ability to get the animal out. You know, they've, they've got that figured out. You know, you have horses or, you you know, if you've never broken an animal down, that's 750. Is there pounds. value in having a horse? Yep. Is there value having other packers there? there? Yep. Is there value having somebody help you uh, prepare the meals? There's a lot of value in especially a guided elk hunt. Well, especially, a, and, it, and it can shut, it can increase your learning curve and take so many years off of learning what to do, I think, in my opinion. Yep. What were you going to say, Brad? Well, two points I had. Uh, one is two after you hunt all day, and then you come back, and then you got to make supper that kind of sucks too and then second to brandon's point uh you know having a guide is no different than myself like i played baseball my whole life all the way through college and both my kids play but i'm not the only one coaching them i hire professional coaches to work with my kids for baseball too you know so it's the same thing in the hunting industry at the end of the day i you know you need a spot to go that isn't overpressured you need someone that knows how to call them i wasn't an expert caller by any means uh, you need you need their expertise uh, to help you out with it, even though you've hunted other game animals. You know, it's like <clears throat> someone coming into the woods the first time and they try and go bear hunting with dogs, and it's the first time they've ever done it. They're like, they're they're flabbergasted. They're like, I I didn't know this is how you did it. I didn't know they thought it was going to be a really easy hunt because oh we're hunting with dogs, they just run up a tree. Well, no, that doesn't. <laughs> There's a whole different. Deal yeah, this it's totally different than that too. And it's like when you kill a bear and you're way out in the woods and it's. 300 pounds they take a long time to get out of the woods too <laughs> you know when you think about it too brad you know when you grew up you learned hunting bear or you learned hunting whitetail from probably a friend or your dad right just yeah. like you would learn from a guide if you're Same stepping thing. it up yeah yep. so i mean i learned everything i knew about pheasant hunting from my my uncle you know who took us out all the time well the yep. funny thing is 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 it would be like this and i don't know why this is but, but I think it is pride, Brandon, because you get a, and you, I, I was probably prideful when I was young, but you got a guy from Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, see, and they go, I can go out there and do that. Okay. That's like taking a guy from Wyoming and saying, come back to the Schwamigan National Forest, <laughs> cut a track, and let's see you uh, get this bear out of here. Right. Not happening. Right. Even though he's hunted his whole life. Yeah. He's going to be like, whoa. And then when he gets in that forest, and he's going to be like, how the hell do I get out of here when he looks up and every tree looks the same it's around you? Yeah, I can just envision it, I mean, and I, I can that, see. That's where you get your perspective. Right. Yep, same thing. Because <laughs> yeah, you're good with directions, good. and I'm good with directions, and it comes from being in a sea of ath- or a, a sea of pulp, uh, poplar trees for 20 miles. Right, and you still get lost when the sun's not out. <laughs> you get turned around. <laughs> at, at night. You're right. We killed wow. a deer. We killed a deer about nine miles back in. My buddy and I were camping, Dan Mullen. And uh, it's funny you say that because we were putting the compass up against our lantern. 
<laughs> and How'd that and work we weren't even you? thinking. And you know, you're cold. It's 20 below. We killed this deer. We put it on our back. And we we're going to take it back to our camp. Well, these these are big body deer uh, in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, oh yeah, northern these swamp. These are things. big. Yeah, these are big. Mm-hmm. 250 yeah. to or this, more. This pounds. was a young buck, but yeah, it was still a big deer. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so the, we're walking. The second time we came by the same cut bank on a on a <laughs> on a on a stupid snowed in like it was actually uh it was one of those um it was a beaver lodge that was cut into the bank you've seen those before they yep. build around the bank yep. and he's like have we seen that beaver lodge before and I'm like three times <laughs> and he's like hey run over there and see if we have snowshoe tracks over there <laughs> so we went over there I I walked about a hundred yards pitch black two o'clock in the morning I go three sets of snowshoe tracks right here <laughs> we'd been walking in a circle for like three and a half wow. hours and we just sat down and it's 20 below zero we're like this sucks bad well here's the thing those are things you learn and we always, you know, I, I laugh because you pay for education, you pay for value, you pay for access, and you pay for service. And then it's funny because we do get prideful. We go, I can go hunting out there, and I don't need to pay for any of that. I'll just go do it on my own. And so it makes me laugh because uh, – go ahead, Brandon. I was going to say, what I was just curious, what's the difference in gear between hunting out there in Wisconsin versus when you came out west to hunt good, elk? Good question. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just specifically boots, pack. What 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 did you notice? Yeah, so the biggest thing that I notice is out here out west, you guys seem to dress a lot lighter than what we do. Your boots aren't insulated, your pants aren't insulated. It seems like uh, where in Wisconsin you bundle up more because you're you're not traveling as far, you're not walking as far. Could you use the same system that we use there and just augment it a little? Um, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question in the aspect, but I'm, I use, I, now that I've bought all the gear, I'm going to use the, I've used the gear that I bought for out West. I'm going to use that back home too and have been. Yep. Like back home. I mean, you probably, you probably, uh, I mean, I would imagine the puffies, right? Like the puffy pants, puffy jackets have got but they don't really- they don't have that because what they use is they use a lot of polar fleece back there because not only does it cut wo- uh it doesn't wind from the exterior but it it holds and wickers yes. heat yep um, That's what i was just gonna and, say that. And, and yeah so they but use a lot of polar fleece could you not use a polar fleece and then do your puffy and then do your rain but that's not marketed like, back there that's oh. that's why our adventure hubs will go good because once he gets a pair of puffy pants on his world's going to change I yeah. want to answer the question for him because if I move back east, it would change. Now, I will tell you this. There's some of the things that wouldn't change. In the middle of February or in late season, in, in uh, late December, early January, hunting in northern Wisconsin, okay, I would do give two shits about puffies. I'd be bundled up in every piece of good Carhartt thermal gear I have. Right. That's what they wear. That's <laughs> yeah. what we wear. Because you don't eye fish Whoa. in mountain puffies. You just no. don't. Well, you, yeah, you don't need to. No. They're, why? But yeah. you don't need to hunt up there like that either. You're sitting for five hours waiting to come to you. You're not on the move at you're all. Not, you're, not, you're, you're not expending any calories other than just trying to keep your butt warm and shivering and trying to keep your teeth from chipping. Right. And to be honest with you, I don't even know what you're talking about when you say mountain puffies. I don't even know what yeah. it is. Yeah, you're just right. in a different. That's what I say. Okay. They have no okay. idea. So I would take it back there, and it would it would serve ninety percent of it. But there's a ten percent need yeah, that yeah. they have, and that ten percent so important to them that they live without the puffy. They can use it for other things. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah. 
Were you lost coming uh, out west with uh, no spotting scope? I mean, is that something? I mean, that's, that's a difference, right? You really don't use spotting scopes too much typically. No, in, we uh, don't use them in Wisconsin. I honestly, I didn't even bring a spotting scope with. I brought a really nice pair of binoculars. I know, I know a guy that you'll be with that might have one <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yes. You probably yeah. you probably have access to a couple of really. We'll have to do nice, another podcast on your, on, nice your ones. on what you thought of this Western hunt. Good idea. We'll have to do a podcast on what you thought of this Western hunt because you've been to Colorado. Now you're going to be in Montana all in one year, and uh, one was Rolling Bones uh, um, outfitted. And equipped because you have all the gear now because you got that yep. all set up. And you're going to do that one. And then you did the one that wasn't with us. It was with some buddies, just the DIY. God bless Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. We're going to go kick some ass in the mountains of Colorado and kill a deer. And that's elk. why elk. – or elk. And that's why the uh, kill ratio is 2.4%. Well, the other problem <laughs> in Colorado in particular, it's so dang – the elevation so high. Yeah. You know, I mean – You know, that terrain kicks, is a fact. That I was going to say that too. You know, Colorado's yeah. a tough one. Because, like, even us, Brian and I live at 4,500 feet. When you hunt, I mean, the last time I hunted elk, and well, not the last time, but one of the times, I mean, we started, our camp was at 11,000 feet. 11,000 feet's a doozy dog. air because it's so It just down. always is. Yep. You know, when you go, hey, can you click that when you go skiing at Mary Jane, the dude who lives in Winter Park, he his legs are just, they're ready to ski that mountain. You're still not. I mean, 11,000 feet's hard to do anything at you know brandon what's your elevation uh saint george 2500 to 3000 but it climbs very quick we were hunting deer in 6500 to 7000 last week right and i did work out a lot before i went on the trip but when you get out there you're not used to the it looks like you've lost about a pound and a half look good buddy (laughs) you're not used to breathing out there it does make a difference yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, even – I mean, even when you're not used to – so you guys w- – your elevation is, what, 700, 800,000 feet? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't even know. Uh, the highest you point – I know. think the I highest know. point in the state of South Dakota is Porky – or uh, in Wisconsin is Porcupine Mountain, and I think it's 1,100 square uh, – 900 square well, feet. When yeah, you, we're not very When high. you move 9,000 feet and you go to your camp, even sleeping, it, everything's off. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's uh, – Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's cool. So um, would you? Would you? So you're not going to do it again? No, I, I told you that a month ago, and I told my buddies I went out with. I said I'm not doing this again, without a guide or without private land. What did they say? Uh, the one guy laughed, and the other guy agreed with me. The one guy that's been doing it himself for years kind of laughed, and uh, the other guy that went with me from. Ohio, he goes, I'm with you on that one. I'm not doing this again for this. <laughs> well, you're going to have to refer me to him because uh, I know a good application and uh, um, adventure services company that can help. But out. you he do have to plan. That's the one thing. The, the other thing that's hard for people from if you're not if you don't know what a preference point is, it, you know, you got you, you need a little help because that's a game changer because you can't. I mean, even getting an antelope tag in Wyoming, there are some units you can just get one. But these good ones, I think we had seven points. All of us had seven points going into it. Well, right. And but seven, seven years. Se- seven years, okay, that's a big deal. But that's seven hunting seasons. All of a sudden, you're ready. You get to throw your boys in there, start now. You yep. come out here, the three of you go kill great antelope. You have a trophy of a lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and I know this is a Rolling Bones uh, podcast, but uh, the 150 bucks I pay a year, you know how many hours I'd have to go into all these different states? I can work my business way less time and make way more money and have – it's just 
it's more effective for me to pay you guys to do it. I mean, I'm 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 not saying that just because it's a podcast, <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah, it'd be, it really is. Yeah, it'd be yeah. hard to. So it, I do yeah. need the names of those guys you went hunting with. I'll help <laughs> them out too. The highest point in the state of South Dakota at an elevation of seventy-two nineteen, one thousand nine hundred fifty-one point five feet is located. That surprises me. I didn't know it was that high. Is located in Tim's Hill, southeastern Price County. In Wisconsin. You talked about Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You said South Dakota. Oh, I'm sorry. Wisconsin. Did I say South Dakota? In Wisconsin. The highest point is 1,000. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's, yeah. I will tell you this. The highest point east of the Rockies is in South Dakota. I know that 100% sure because I won $10,000 on that. The guy never paid. But he was like, he was like, no, it's in the Appalachian Mountains. I said, hey, listen, you can kiss my hind parts. And or pay me ten thousand dollars. Which one would you prefer? But you are wrong. Probably and, worth ten grand. And he never did any. <laughs> he never did either one. Well, technically, it's between the French Alps and the Rocky Mountains. The highest point is in South Dakota. Between the highest point east of the Rocky Mountains is in South Dakota, seven thousand two hundred forty-two feet. Yeah. And, and it's and you uh, can go all the way to the French Alps before you find something higher. Oh, 7219 is Terry Peak, I think, isn't it? 7242 it is. It is the highest, and it's um, they had to rename it. Black now Elk. it's called Black Elk Peak, but it wasn't called that before. Harney Peak before. It was Harney Peak, yeah. Yeah. which it still is Harney Peak. Because why would they call it Black Elk Peak? Because that could be can maybe considered not right either. So, anyway. It's the Black Elk Wilderness. Oh, is it? It's in the Black Elk it is. Wilderness. So, but it's, um, it's cool up there. Have you ever been up there? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I have. Cool. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yep. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's a different – hunting out here is a different deal. It 100% is. So, and it's amazing. Well, well, Brandon and Brad are, are blessed, Brad, uh, Dana, because they grew up out here, you know. Um, I didn't, but I got out here as fast as I could to start hunting. I yeah, I, I would I, – I don't even – I really don't know the Midwest very well. I've been on a couple of hunts in Nebraska – and uh, that's about it. Run some white to hunt. So I've I've mostly hunted the western or Alaska. You know that's that's where I've been. Canada a little bit, but uh, well, Brad Brad uh, Stocky has a few hundred acres and a private cabin that he's built, and it looks real. It's more of a house. It's kind of posh. Um, it looks pretty good. And so I've just invited the three of us to go back there, <laughs> and we'll get an over-the-counter tag. We'll get a thirty-odd six. We'll dress up in pumpkin orange from head to toe. And uh, uh, so, do you have to wear orange head to toe hat, hat and coat? Fifty percent is supposed to be 50%. orange. Fifty percent. Yeah. So that'd be well, like seven thousand square inches for somebody. Yeah. You know, right? yeah, yeah. They don't make that much orange. I don't think you can make it, bro. <laughs> I don't think they can. Uh, hey, bleep, bleep. <laughs> yes. So, so here's what I do. Cheap insults don't make me want to go to therapy. Uh, okay. I just punch people. Just more. get even. <laughs> just take care of it right God, now. So uh, you need 50% orange. I'm, this um, is a vest and a cap. You, you mean, can buy an archery tag. You can buy a rifle tag. Yep. So how, you can shoot two bucks. Big big deer, big body deer. Usually. Yeah. How many does how, can how you about, shoot? How about horns? You got you three you, does. Three does. Well, what, you, you like Buffalo beer. County is, is awesome. How far are you from that? Uh, the Schwamigan place. Well, Buffalo County. Oh, Buffalo ahead. County or Schwamigan, they're the they're world apart. Different. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How, how far are they? Uh, Schwamigan's probably an hour and a half. Well, this is Buff- Wisconsin. Schwamigan's in the top third. 
And you're holding up your hand, right? Oh. And the Buffalo is down right across from Winona, Minnesota, and Prairie du Chien, Iowa. So you you get some big deer, though. Do you you get a 180-inch whitetail? That's a really good buck. That's for us. a really good buck for you. Uh, but you get them. But we get them. Yeah. The neighbor mm-hmm. a couple of years ago shot a 200 inch buck, a 40 over from us. So, but we see a lot of deer. I mean, we'll yeah. see a hundred white tails in opening weekend. Oh, you see a ton of deer. So this is yep. not okay because I've I, you know you see you bump into a lot of people from like Pennsylvania. They have to work for it, man, to see some deer. It sounds like. Yeah, we like. don't have to. Wow, well, that's cool. I did not realize that Pennsylvania. Cakes. Oh, yeah. well, no the guys kidding. I say, they are. I've seen, you know, they come, They are hunting fools too, Pennsylvania guys, I think. Because I've seen so many guys, like this place we hunted in the, big, uh, in the Bighorns for elk every year. They were there every year. They'd take the whole month off for that archery season. And they just, you know, I mean, super great people. Mm. Um, I, I, the only people I've ever met, I can't figure out how they ever elect a Democrat because everybody's – you know, <laughs> hunting. I mean, all the people you find in the in the hunting world, right? They're all shooting their guns and their bows, and you know, just like everybody out here, right? So, hey, Brandon, I think uh, Brad said hunting fool. Should I bleep that out? Ooh, I, yeah, maybe. I said that. <laughs> I could have said that. That would be verbiage that would come out of my mouth. Oh boy. <laughs> well, because then, then they'll just go see what hunting fool does and compare it to us and see how much better we are. Oh, there you go. No, did he reference the company hunting fool, no. or did he say no. he was a hunting fool? <laughs> it's only getting worse. <laughs> no, which one? No, did you no, reference? he was. He was. It's something that I do say. I'm yeah. a hunting fool. Yeah, oh, I, I say I, that all the time. No, no, yeah. I was I'm, talking about yeah, this that's what he said. Oh, 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 that's what I thought. No, yeah, so I need to know. Brad. Did he reference the name of the company? Because oh, I was, no. I was looking no. at. Some no, I said they're hunting fools. <laughs> oh, they're hunting fools. Yeah, yeah a lot of. Oh, he did say you that. You know the Pennsylvania. Yeah. I mean, I've seen tons and yeah. tons of guys from Pennsylvania out in the. Yeah. You know, in Colorado or in. We saw them out there when we were out there. Yeah. I like the hunting fools. They're good guys all around. Yep. Um, they're good guys, hunting fools. Hey, just checking. That's it. I like it. So anyway, um, well, that's cool. Uh, so you, uh, um, so you're gonna, you're gonna. Do you want to kill an elk still? Yeah. Want to kill a big one? Yeah, I'd like to do it with my bow, but I don't care. I'd do it with my rifle no, too. Let's okay. To, <laughs> n- let's go to New Mexico. So, so here's the Mexico. <laughs> just for fun, here's the calls bow. that we get. I'd like to shoot a bull. I'd like it to be three fifty or better. Or better. Um, I'd like it. I'd like the weather to be nice, and I, you know, I can spend about fifteen, eighteen hundred bucks. Well, no, that's an embellishment. Oh. It's usually five thousand, uh. six thousand, <laughs> and um, three fifty bull. And I'd like to kill it with my bull during my, my bow. bow during rut. And yeah. we're like, oh yeah. And how many points do you have? Oh, I have no points. I'd like, um, to, I'd like to add a unicorn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it, also, if they give massages at the end of the day, that'd be great. I'd yeah. be willing to pay fifty-five dollars. So it's interesting because, uh, like, I, I I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna draw a tag because I have enough points. Just so you know, it's 14 points is what this tag that I'm gonna try to draw is, and I could hunt that with my bow, and it would be, it should be in the rut. I'm gonna personally hunt it with my rifle. I mean, I want to, and I get that because I used to go crazy to archery. But you need to kill one with your bow. I just killed my first one with my bow, brother. Right, but if I waited 14 years, I would take my rifle. Exactly. If you could. Yeah, I was thinking about that. For some reason, I was thinking about that today. I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, because this hunt, because I'm trying to figure out my fall, right? And this one will be just knee-deep in the rut. And I was like, I could take my bow. So how many – 
Here's what you do, Brad. You, you, sorry, Brian. You, you take Brian with you. He carries a bow. You carry a gun, or vice versa, and you can just swap it out as needed. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, so just do. so you know, we had that opportunity um, two years ago in the fall on I think it was September 11th, and we called a 400-inch bull by that's uh, hashtag 393, and um. And, it, and if you measure him one inch either way, he's over 400. But we're going with the lower one. We've explained this scenario 100 times. I don't need to explain it again. But anyway, we passed that up in the morning at 35 yards. So even if I would have had a bow, he said, he's not big enough. Now, there was three guys that stopped in that are members today from Utah. They looked at that bull. And I go, yeah, he passed it in the morning. And the one guy just killed a 228-inch buck with his bow in Utah a few weeks ago. And you know him. His name's Andy. And he looked at me. He goes, unless you know 100% that there is a bigger bull in the area, you have to be mentally <laughs> incapacitated to some going. <laughs> degree to pass a bull over 380 inches. Which makes a lot of sense because we and, have bread. And that's exactly, no, I wasn't going to shit on anybody. I was going to say it actually shed a ton of light on exactly what would happen at that moment. And so, so since we had to hear what Brad's going to do with his 14 points, I think your scenario is exactly right. But back to you, Brad Stocky, question for you. Yeah. So what would be, now that you've went and done that, what would be in your mind your perfect elk hunt? What I would like to do if I did with my bow again is ride horses up into the mountains and listen into them bugle, and I definitely would want a guide. Uh, I, I wouldn't even necessarily have to be on private or public land. It wouldn't matter. Uh, ride horses up because I enjoy riding horses too and have him call me, call a bull in and uh, hunt him that way. Um, but I, I didn't mind sleeping in the tent, so I would do that again. Um, even though it was cold at night and all that stuff, but I would like to ride horses into the mountains with someone that's really good at it. Okay, so so here's what I can help you with. We have this software, and it's called a hunt plan. And so what we need to do is put in horses, guided, rut, wilderness, archery. We can make all these priority preferences. And then what we'll do in that hunt plan is populate your best matches with over 200 um, uh, elk hunts and then we can look at which one of those would be best. What would you say your budget for that would be? I would spend seven to ten grand on that. Okay, perfect. So let me get a hunt plan put together. It's so, funny because the hunt you just <laughs> described is probably one of the most cool awesome. experiences in the world. And if you do it, you won't just do it once. I yeah yeah. I, um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I have a couple of camps in mind for him. We'll have to talk about this. <laughs> anyway. I, so, I was in, I was in one a couple of years ago, and it was a mule deer hunt, though. But there were same elk place, though, right? Yeah. yeah, and we were riding up the canyons in the morning, and elk were running all around us and bugling all over the place. I needed an elk tag. They were everywhere. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, that would exactly be awesome. So, so that's interesting. So then, let me ask you one more question, okay? How many people in the state of Wisconsin that you know in that area of Eau Claire would love to have this type of resource and don't know about it? Would use a resource? Oh, like a that? lot of people would be because they don't. I've hunted forever and I didn't know about any of this time. You told me about it until you started this company. And so people I are looking no for this information. So, oh yeah. Did you say that was your ideal elk hunt? 
Yeah. Is, what's your ideal? If you could do any hunt in the world, what would it be? I, Have I you wanna, even thought about that? Yes. I, I want to kill a moose. Um, that's my ideal hunt is uh, I want to do a moose hunt. Horseback. Yeah, I wouldn't even – sure. I mean, that No, it needs to be wilderness with me. Alaska. Okay. Yeah. Alaska. Or British Columbia. BC. Or Northwest it. Territories. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in that belt. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing about BC right now, BC has no more mandate stuff. So uh, that hunt's a kill, killer that's, hunt. That's been. true. The that's only right. thing about BC is there's tine restriction that can bite in some areas. sometimes. Yeah. In some areas. But – Alberta, Alberta, BC territories. Alberta, Yukon, you, you know what? Actually, I know a hunt for him. We need to, uh, uh, yeah, it's out of a cabin. It's a trapper's cabin, and uh, um, we Horseback, killed. Horseback though, unbelievable. No, it's not. It's four wheeler. We just had two guys from Iowa in there, and they killed great bulls. Oh, in Alberta, mm-hmm. oh. they killed great bulls. I was thinking of, uh, I was thinking of a different one. I was thinking. Would you kill one of those too? Yeah, either one of them. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so, so yeah, they they look like Yukon moose. I mean, they're yeah. they're good moose. That's a good. Ex- yeah. So that that that's twelve thousand five hundred bucks ten day hunt. Yeah. So that would be your ideal hunt. That's yeah. cool. You know what? You should do. How old are you? Forty four. You're forty four. Yep. Well, good for you. You got plenty of time. And he's in good shape. Attack. Yeah. Like if you like the shape of a pear, so anyway, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen. See now, a live by, by the end, of, see Brad. By the end, you're gonna need some therapy too. No, he's had 23 yeah. years of it. He's had 23 years of it, and I've had to deal with his therapy. Yeah. Hey Brian, yeah, the home office called. Oh sh, Brad. Yeah, I mean, and you can't just smack. You can't smack him around to get even. I mean, he's six four, two ninety. Oh my god, two ninety. I'm gonna kick his ass. All right. So anyway. All uh, right. Well, oh, listen, cool. Brad, thanks for being here, Mr. Stalking. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Yeah, we appreciate it. Was it was fun. This is a great podcast. If you're from Wisconsin and we said something that offended you, we weren't talking to you. If you're from Illinois, Pennsylvania, or anywhere out Midwest, no, really, we do understand. I grew up in Iowa, moved to Wisconsin, um, and hunted all the places that uh, um, Brad talked about. The Schwamigan, and, the Wapsie, and, I've hunted them all. And that's the, um, and that's. Uh, you say well, that with such derision. I, I know it, and, but 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 I but I'm not I'm not beating my chest. Uh, I have 14 no. points because I don't. Oh, um, I like but, the uh, They uh, sound cool. So anyway, but but I have hunted all those areas, and I understand that, and I understand the thought that I should just because because. They're hard hunters, these guys in Minnesota and Wisconsin. They're they're hunting fools. They go out all the time. You guys grew up doing it. It's in your it's in your DNA. Yep. Listen, the state of Wisconsin and and Michigan and Michigan together, if you add all the hunting licenses that they sell in one year, those two states, they're the second largest military in the Standing world. Standing army. With yes. Maybe, what, what wasn't Wisconsin? Wisconsin Half itself is number like four or yeah, five. It's, it's over a million. It, what, what's that? 1.1? No, it's the sixth largest army on the opening day of your hunting season, which will be next Saturday. Next Saturday. That's <laughs> like why you're in this 450,000 wow. people go to the woods. 450,000. That. That's what it is. The sixth That's largest army. Yeah, I remember hearing that. It's crazy. So it's yeah. the sixth largest the army in the country. Down. Yeah, the everything. shut down because nobody goes. So my point is that we understand that, and I understand it more than most being out here because Brandon and Brad are unbelievable mountain hunters, and I've learned so much from them as Western hunters. And um, But I just would love to tell everybody in Wisconsin and Minnesota and all those areas, Michigan, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Indiana, hey, listen, 
Give us two ounces of your listening time, and we can help save you, accumulate you, and make you more of a hunter when you come west. And and you obviously see that. And, you know, it's a passion for us at Rolling Bones Outdoors. We want to help all of those people that want to go hunting out west, that live in the east, to have a better adventure, save money, access value and education. We want to have you pay for that when you come out with us and get what you were looking for. So anyway, we appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever else you can find a podcast, we live there. Again, we appreciate you joining us. Head on over to rollingbones.com. Check out our membership, please. Um, you know what? They're a great holiday gift, okay? Uh, this will be dropped sometime in November. If you're looking for a holiday gift, it'd be great. Uh, call in. We'll set up a dashboard for them. You can take them out, set an iPad, and say, hey, here, I got you a gift. You can start getting applications out west. You start accumulating points. These guys have great references. They got deals on gear. They know it. They have a concierge service, a white glove service. It'd be a great uh, um, uh, uh, Christmas present for $150 for the hunting enthusiast in your family. We're ready to make your next adventure the best yet. We're here and ready to take your call. Until next time, be safe, stay healthy, and happy hunting.